When is the, uh, when's the last time you ever did anything crazy? Now, I don't mean using the bathrooms at Taco Bell crazy or passing a slow driver in the right lane kind of crazy. But, you know, the last time you kind of had that shortness of breath, kind of sweaty palms, kind of not sure how this is going to turn out, kind of crazy. You know, we use the word crazy to, uh, to describe something that just doesn't make sense, right? In fact, it kind of goes in the complete opposite of what does make sense. And so for me, something that's the complete opposite of what does make sense is riding a bull. Like, I think it'd be fun to do, but it's the complete opposite of what makes sense in my mind. I'm not an outdoorsman. I'm a TV watcher, right? I'm a book reader. I'm a web surfer. That's kind of what I do. I'm not a bull rider. And so to ride a bull, for me, is something that is completely crazy and just completely outside of what makes sense to me, what my life experience has been, or honestly, what I've been taught to do. But here's what we find that when we listen to the words of Jesus as he teaches the Sermon of the Mount and as he starts this introduction with the, with the Beatitudes, we find that the lifestyle that he's calling us to live is just a little bit crazy in contrary to our nature. It goes completely different than what we have been taught. It just feels different. It's not what we thought. And as you read through the first few verses of Matthew chapter 5, you just can't help but think, this is a little bit crazy. You know, another thing you might think to yourself as you listen to the Beatitudes is that it can be also just a, kind of a little bit dangerous. I mean, as Jesus preaches this sermon, he describes what really could be called kind of the dangerous adventure. In fact, it kind of seems appropriate to me to put warning signs on, this, on these lessons of Jesus. Like warning, following Jesus may be dangerous to your relationships. Because he talks about honesty and integrity, and he says, let your yes be yes, and your, your no be no, and you are who you say you are, and you're going to do the things that you said that you're going to do. And so when everyone else is cheating on the test, you decide not to. And when everybody else is enjoying the movie, and yet you get up and walk out, Jesus says this can be dangerous to your relationships. Or if somebody hurts you, and instead of responding with bitterness and anger, you turn the other cheek and offer grace and forgiveness. Another thing could, could be, another warning sign could be warning following Jesus could be dangerous to your financial status and your career aspirations. Jesus talks about uh, to not store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Jesus says, don't look lustfully at a woman or, or a man, and it's just a little bit dangerous to go to someone and say, you know, I've just been struggling with... You see, it's not really that dangerous to go to church once a week and to sing some songs and to listen to a sermon... But to actually follow Jesus, now that's dangerous. And there are some things in life that you're either just all in or you're not at all. Like, for example, you can't kind of just have a kid, right? You, you can't just kind of get married. You can't kind of go skydiving or kind of ride a bull. You're either all in or, or you're not. And that's, that is what becomes increasingly clear as you read through the Beatitudes. It's either you're all in or you're not. That's exactly the lifestyle that Jesus is calling us to do. And along the way, he is going to address our relationships and our finances. He addresses our thought life and our sexuality. He addresses how we spend our time and how we use our money and use our talents. He addresses our hands and our feet and our attitudes and our minds. Everything is on the table when it comes to Jesus. And so the question really is, are you all in? Will you go all in? Because there comes a point where you just can't keep talking and you just can't keep watching. You either have to get in or get out. 
You either have to get on the bull and enjoy the ride or stay home and stay where it's safe and comfortable. But my prayer is over the next few days that you would have just a real honest moment with Jesus where you would decide to be all in because there comes a point where you have to decide to follow Jesus or decide not to. And we're afraid, by, say, by saying we are going to follow Jesus, we're afraid of what really we may be missing out on if we don't, if we don't. And so what we, what we tend to do is people say, well, if you follow Jesus, you can't do these things. But that's not at all. Jesus says, if you follow me, you can do these things. They just look a little bit differently. And so we want to follow him closely enough to be associated with him, but not too close that it really requires anything from us. We like Jesus. We like the church but just not when it comes to the point that I actually have to do anything about it. But listen to me, life is short. The Bible says it's a mist, it's a vapor, it's here and it's gone. It's an eight second ride if you're, if you're lucky. But one day the buzzer will sound and the day will be over and it will be my turn and your turn to stand before the Lord. And we must give an accounting of how we lived our life based on the information that we had. And we will have to tell, we will have to stand before the Lord and say we were all in or not. But in the end, it's worth it. So hang on tight. Enjoy the ride. Get in the game. Because this crazy, dangerous life that Jesus is calling us to, be, to live is one that's marked by blessing because he walks with us. So with that, grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 5. And we're going to read the first 12 verses together. So if you have your Bibles or your smartphones or whatever you may have, why don't you stand? Follow along, and I will read out loud, but you follow along on whatever whatever you have as we read the introduction to the Sermon of the Mount, the first 12 verses, the Beatitudes. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. All right, there it is. This is God's word. He wants us to listen to it, and he wants us to pay attention to what he says. So Jesus gives his words. Jesus speaks, and if, if we were all were honest, we read that, and we think, that's just a little bit crazy. I mean, to live a life that's, that's meek and to live a life that's full of peace and to live the, the lifestyle that Jesus wants, that's just different than what culture tries to influence us with. It's just the different direction. But Jesus says you're blessed when you're poor in spirit. You're blessed when you mourn. You're blessed when you quit trying to pretend like you've got it all together. These things just don't come naturally, but when we follow Jesus and live this life, there's a blessing attached to it. Jesus takes what we think about happiness and he turns it completely upside down. And he asks us and he calls us to live by a completely different set of values. And at first it can be a little bit scary and it can be a little bit dangerous because it, does, it just isn't what we're comfortable with. But in the end, there's a blessing in it. And we have seen this as we've studied the Beatitudes together over the last seven weeks. So, as you, as, you, as you have noticed, there are eight different Beatitudes, right? There are eight Beatitudes, and they all kind of identify the character of a person who's a genuine follower of Jesus. 
And, but there's an in- interesting distinction between the, between the eight. The first four deal more with the inner attitudes, while the last four describe more of the visible, the visible expression of those attitudes. So, for example, the first one, blessed are the poor in spirit, and the fifth one, blessed are the merciful. Here's how it connects. When you recognize your spiritual poverty, you will be willing to be merciful because of others. You'll be willing to be merciful because of other people and their great need. So, blessed are the mourn, blessed are the pure in heart. When you mourn over the reality of your sin, you will have a desire to become pure in heart. Blessed are the meek, and blessed are the peacemakers. When you are meek, you will, be dis- you will have a desire to be a peacemaker. And the last, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and blessed are those who are persecuted. When you hunger and thirst for righteousness, you will be willing to be persecuted for righteousness' sake. Now, you probably noticed the same as I did, that for each of the seven, the previous seven Beatitudes, Jesus gives one, one sentence to, right? But on the last one, on the eighth one, he gives three sentences to. He, he calls our attention more to that one than the other ones, right? Wouldn't you say? He gives three verses to that where the other ones just kind of get one. So as we finish up this kind of series on the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount on the Beatitudes, I want to repeat Matthew chapter 5, verses 10 through 12 again, because this is where we're going to camp out. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they prosecuted the prophets who were before you. So Jesus says when you live this lifestyle and you're persecuted, you know what? You're in good company. They did it to me, and they did it to the prophets. And Jesus says, welcome, welcome to the club. And Jesus says, you're blessed if you're living a life that is so far outside of your comfort zone that other people are uncomfortable and you run the risk of being persecuted and insulted and lied about because that's how radically you're following Jesus. He says, you're blessed in that moment. So Jesus comes along and he completely redefines what a blessed life looks like. And it's very different than how we would define a blessed life. I mean, we tend to identify, we tend to define a blessed life by our level of comfort. Wouldn't you say? Like the more comfortable you are, we would say the more blessed a person person is. Isn't that true? I mean, we just just see that. And, And I think that we tend to use comfort as a gauge to determine how blessed we are in life. In fact, I would say that our entire economy is based upon this idea. I mean, just pay attention to commercials and look at it through this lens. They're trying to sell you something or trying to get you to buy something that's going to make your life more comfortable. I mean, this week I saw commercials on TV for a minivan that had like eight, to, eight cup holders in it. Who needs eight cup holders? We need eight cup holders because we come to church every Sunday with juice and milk and coffee and all kinds of stuff. A minivan with eight cup holders. Or there's an airline that's advertising four more inches of legroom in the economy area. Or this week, watching the basketball games, I saw uh, an advertisement for a Lazy Boy recliner that had a refrigerator built into the side of it. You just put your feet up, and you pick the top up, and you pull your drink out. It's perfect. I say, if you could figure out a way to put a toilet right there, everybody wins. It'd be great. But there's just something different about how we would define comfort and how Jesus would define a blessed life. But it turns out that too much comfort can kind of be dangerous. I was reading some research this week done by the University of California in Berkeley where they did an experiment about amoebas. They took amoebas and they put them in a perfectly controlled environment. Enough moisture and heat and food source and all of the things that an amoeba would need to really generate and really kind of grow. And they wanted to see what would happen. But you know what happened? The amoebas died. 
And so the researchers concluded, and I want to read it because I thought it was so good. The researchers concluded that what's true for amoebas is also true for humans, that we need more than just food and air and comfort to get in this life. We need to be challenged. And Jesus says there's a blessing in that. And I think it's absolutely right. So Jesus makes it clear that the blessed life is not always going to be the easy life. It's not just flying around in first-class airplane rides or being waited on at five-star restaurants or sleeping on memory foam mattresses or getting regular weekly massages. Jesus says a blessed life is when you're living a life so far outside your zone that you run the risk of persecution and insults and being lied about. It's living a life over here instead of in our comfortable zones and bubbles where we like to live. And we see this consistently through scripture. I mean consistently, that when people step out of their comfort zones, they put themselves in a place where they can be blessed by God. And it's true that when we live life outside of our comfort zone, we put ourselves in a position where we can be blessed by God. And you see this all throughout scripture. Noah, remember Noah? He's just hanging out with his family, having a living life, enjoying his family and kids and all those kind of things, right? And then the Lord comes to him and says, I want you to build an ark. And Noah had a decision. Do I stay in my comfort zone or do I go build an ark? But I can't do both. I can't follow God in my comfort zone and do what he's calling me to do at the same time. So he left his comfort zone, built the ark. The Bible says that people persecuted him and they, they insulted him and they, they hurled insults at him. But there was a blessing. There was a blessing in that. And then we come to Moses, right? Moses. Moses is just hanging out on the backside of the desert, tending his father-in-law's animals and sheep and cows. I don't know what they did in the desert back there, but they were just hanging out. And the Lord came to him and said, I want you to leave this, and I want you to go to Egypt and free my people from Egypt. And Moses had a choice. Do I stay in this comfortable zone, comfortable bubble, comfortable lifestyle that I'm living, or do I leave my comfort zone and go and follow the Lord? And that's what he did, and there was a blessing in that. And Esther, the queen, right? She had to have permission to go speak to her husband, the king. She had to have permission. But there was, a, there was a plot out to kill all of her people. So she, with courage, left her comfortable zone and, and went in front of the king. And with these words, she said, if I perish, I perish, but I can't just stay here. And she goes, and the Lord blessed her because of that. And in a, in a miraculous way, provided for all of his people. And you see this consistently through Scripture. Jesus goes to the disciples who are, you know, working at their fishermen jobs and have their tax collector's booths and running their profitable businesses. And Jesus calls them and asks them and tells them to stop doing that and follow him. And they were faced with the choice. Do I leave my comfort zone and follow Jesus or do I stay here where it's comfortable? But I can't, I can't do both. And they were forced to make a, a decision. And Jesus says, when you're obedient and you leave your comfort zone, there's a blessing in that but you put yourself at risk of being persecuted and lied about and insulted. And I got to thinking about that. Well, why is that? Well, I think it's because when we live the lifestyle that Jesus wants, it makes other people uncomfortable. And so it's an indictment on their lifestyles. It's an indictment on how they live. And so how they, how they counteract that is they make fun of you, right? And they lie about you. And they put insults on you because the way that you're living is so radical that they don't like it. And so they're doing their best to put a stop to it. And Jesus says, you're in good company when this happens. But for a lot of us, we don't really know where our comfort zone ends. We don't really know what that line is. I mean, it's easy for some of us, right? Because for some of us, just for the fact of coming to church, leaving your house and coming to church, that's a little outside your comfort zone. 
I mean, it's tough to come to church, especially if you don't know anybody. It's tough to come to church and to, uh, to come in here and sing the songs and, and uh, listen to me talk for about 20 minutes or so. And it's difficult to do that when you don't know anybody. And I, I applaud your effort for being here. And I believe you're being obedient to the Lord, and there will be a blessing in being in church here this morning. But for so many of us, we come to church, and we sit with our families, and we sit with our friends, and we sit with our home group people, and we've just kind of created a comfortable lifestyle kind of here at church, and, you know, we do what we do, and we roll the way that we roll. But here's the real question for you. Here's the real question, I think, for most of us, is when was the last time that following Jesus produced fear in me? Because I believe that's how you know when you're getting to the end of your comfort zone. Because there is a problem when we're following Jesus and fear is never a factor and courage never needs to be called upon. There's a problem when we're following Jesus and courage is never needed and fear is never an issue. Because when we follow Jesus and Jesus takes us outside of our comfort zone, there's always a blessing in that, but there's always an element of craziness and of danger, and I don't know how this is going to go. Most of us, we want to follow Jesus, but we want to stay in our comfort zones as well. Well, you can't, you can't do both. You know, one of my favorite, one of my favorite things to do, uh, favorite places to speak, ironically, is at uh, the state prisons. I was invited last year to, uh, to go and speak at the prison at their um, celebration Christmas event, and there's about 200 guys or so in the room, um, and I had the opportunity to go and speak, and it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, but before I got up, there was just kind of a worship service, you know, just kind of like this, and it was great. I mean, here's all these guys who are in prison, some for, their, for the entire rest of their lives are, are in prison, and they're just worshiping God, and they're just passionate, just going at it, Right. I mean, got their hands raised and, and everything. And I noticed this one guy kind of off to, my, off to my side a little bit, and he was a big, tall dude. I mean, tattoos and skinned head, you know, the whole thing. And he was just a big, burly guy. It's the kind of guy that when you see, you just kind of take your kids and just hold them a little close. You know what I mean? And so I'm kind of looking around for the security because I think at any moment this thing is going to go south, right? Because there's these hard guys in there. So I get up and I preach and I, I finish and I'm hanging out, you know, and, and people, are, people are coming and people are coming up to talk to me. And so I know it was a great sermon because everyone came forward to give their life to the Lord. It was just, it was great. They really didn't. They just came up to, they didn't want to go back, so they came up to talk, you know. So, but, you know, it was a couple of Sundays ago. Anyways, never mind. So, um, um, so this guy, he stayed up at the front, and he came over to talk, and um, we just, he said, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. And he started telling me his story, and come to find out that the guy had, the guy had killed somebody, and he was going to be incarcerated the rest of his life. So he was, he was in prison for murder, and uh, he found the, Lord in, found the Lord in jail, and he was just, I mean, he was all in. He was all in. And so as he was sharing with me, I just kept thinking, like, good gracious, I, I kind of want to get away. Like, I kind of want to because I'm a little uncomfortable. This guy's telling me his whole life story and his criminal history and this whole nine yards. Um, but then at the end of the story, um, he said, Pastor, can I ask you a question? I said, sure. He goes, um, why, does, why did no one ever tell me about Jesus? And I said, I don't know. And then he, then he went back and he told me that for seven years before he was incarcerated, seven years, he lived directly across the street from a church. And every Sunday, people would come to church and they would park their cars and they would walk past his house to go into the church. Not one time did anyone stop and ask him if he knew Jesus or if he wanted to go to church with him. So he said, I'd sit, on, I'd sit and I'd work on my motorcycle and parents would take their kids and they literally would cross the street and walk past my house and then cross the street again. 
and then go into the church building, and then the same thing coming out. He said, for seven years, I lived across the street from that church, and not one time did anybody tell me about Jesus. So pastor, tell me, why did no one tell me about Jesus? And I kind of thought he was being rhetorical, right? Like, how do you answer that? And then I realized, no, he, he legit wanted an answer. He wanted to know, why did no one tell me? And so the only thing I could think of, and, and if you know me, you know that I'm not that smart. I'm not that important. I'm not special in any way. I'm not, I'm not. But the Lord gave me an answer, and it was, it's because they were scared. They were afraid. They were afraid to ask you if you knew Jesus. And I'm so convicted by that because I think in some degree that's, that's kind of us because there's something within us that we want to go to church and we, fun, and we want to follow Jesus. There's something about that, but we really don't want to cross the street and get involved and invite somebody to church. Now, you guys know this as well as I do. In January, we started a brand new third service here, right? On Sunday. There's three services now on Sunday. And the whole idea behind this was we are making room for more. Remember that, right? It would have been easy for us to stay in our comfortable comfort zones of having two services on Sunday and one on Saturday. And slowly but surely, the attendance would, you know, would rise and more and more people would be. But that's not good enough for us because we can't stay in the comfort zone as a church. We have to make room for more. So my question to you is, how's it going? Are you inviting people to service? How's it going? I see a lot of empty seats in here. And I know part of it's spring break, but also part of it too is we can do a better job. If you haven't invited somebody to church yet, it is time to get in the game. Life is short. We don't know what, we don't know what tomorrow holds, but it's time to get in the game, to cross the street and invite somebody to church. Because we want to follow Jesus and we want to stay in our comfort zone, but the bottom line is you can't do both. You can't follow Jesus and stay in your comfort zone at the same time. And when we follow Jesus and we step outside of our comfort zone, the Lord says there's a blessing in that, but be prepared because when you do that, that's when persecution comes. And that's when they lie and that's when they insult and that's when they take their shots at you. It's when you leave your comfort zone, but there's a blessing in that. And that's exactly what the Lord does, is he leads us out of our comfort zone again and again and again. There's an example of this found in Luke chapter 9. And in Luke chapter 9, Jesus is walking with his disciples, and they're, they're, having, a, they're having a good time. And Jesus tells, this is the whole section, Jesus talks about taking up your cross and following me. You know, comfort says, spoil yourself. Jesus says, deny yourself. Comfort says, sit back and relax. Jesus says, you know, uh, get up, get in the game, pick up your cross and follow me. This is, this, is that whole, this is that whole section. But at the end of the chapter, of Luke chapter 9, at the end of the chapter, Jesus is walking with his disciples and there's this guy that comes up that wants to follow Jesus. And um, in verse 57 is the, is the exact verse. But in verse 57, the Bible says, as they were walking along the road, this is Jesus and his disciples, but as they're walking, a man comes up to him and said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Now, the word whatever, or the, I'm sorry, the, the word wherever here literally means no zones, no boundaries, no lines, no, um, no borders, that wherever you go, I'll go. That's the word. That's what it means here, wherever. There's no, there's no boundaries. There's no borders. There's no, it's just wherever you go. And Jesus says this in verse 58. Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds have nets, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. So the guy goes, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, well, I hope you're not especially attached to beds because where I'm going, there's no place for us to sleep. And suddenly what we find is that this man starts stepping back from his commitment to follow Jesus. Now, why would he do that? Because he wanted to follow Jesus, but he wanted to stay in his comfort zone as well. And Jesus says, well, you can't do both. And here's what I think is happening for all of us to one degree or another. I think that Jesus is pushing you outside of your comfort zone. He's pushing you outside of your zone. 
He's calling you to something that doesn't feel safe. And it's a little bit dangerous. And it's a little bit crazy. And I don't know what it is for you because it's different for everyone. But I do know this, that Jesus is pushing you outside of your comfort zone. He's calling you to live this lifestyle, this all-in attitude where we radically follow Jesus and we put ourselves at risk of being lied about and persecuted and insulted. But there's a blessing when we live the life that Jesus has called us to live. And I don't know what it is for you. I, I'm still trying to define for me kind of what it means for me, but I know that for some of us, Jesus is calling us to follow him and get out of our comfort zone, even in our own home because our home sometimes is not the best place for us to be. And it's not easy, right? It's not easy to let other people speak into your life. And it's not easy to let other people have influence in your life and to submit inside your own house. That's not easy. But for some of us, that's what we need to do in our own homes. But for a lot of us, what we need to do, uh, for, for a lot of us, is become the spiritual leader in our home. And that's a step way outside of our comfort zone. I mean, saying prayer out loud with your spouse on a daily basis or asking your kids or telling your kids what the Lord is doing in your life, now that's a step outside of our comfort zone, and that's, that's tough. But for a lot of us to be the spiritual leader in our home, that is the step outside of our comfort zone. But I think for a lot of us, I think for a lot of us, the Lord is calling us to leave our comfort zones in our own neighborhoods. Because, you know, you're not just natural. I'm not naturally the kind of person who goes over and introduces myself to people and then try to find a way to work Jesus into the conversation, that can be a bit difficult and a, and a bit intimidating. And we're afraid of what people might say and we're afraid that they might talk about us behind their back. But Jesus says there's a blessing in living this lifestyle. There's a blessing in living outside of your comfort zone. And I think for a lot of us too, for some of us, you know, it's, it's where you work. I mean, you've been working there for years. For years you've been working at this place. And maybe no one even knows that you're a Christian. And when they ask about what you did on your weekend, you never tell them that you went to church on Sunday. But I do know this, the Lord has you there for a purpose. And it's not an accident that you work where you work with the people who you work with. And I know that it can be uncomfortable and you don't want to make anybody embarrassed by asking them about their relationship with the Lord. But for a lot of us, taking the step to leave our comfort zones means being Jesus at our workplace. That's what it means. And we run the risk of persecution, but there's a blessing in that. And so I know it can be a little bit scary. I know that it can be a little bit crazy and it can be a little bit dangerous. And honestly, we don't respond too well to some of that, but this is exactly the kind of life that Jesus has called us to live. Mark Banerson in his book tells about a brave, man, a brave band of men and women who were known as one-way missionaries. And in the 1800s, these one-way missionaries decided they were going to be a missionary at some part of the world. They bought a, a boat ticket, a sailing boat ticket, got all of their belongings, packed them all inside of suitcases, and then put all of those suitcases into a coffin that they also purchased. They were known as one-way missionaries, knowing that they were going to go to the foreign field and probably never going to come home. So they, bought their, they brought their coffin with them, knowing that they would probably be buried at the foreign soil that they are going to serve. But they knew that their life was not their own. They had given their life to the Lord, and wherever he called, they were going to go. And Mark Banderson tells the story of one man. His name is A.W. Milan, and he went to an island in the South Pacific who were known as headhunters. Foreign people who came to the island, they didn't like them, so they would... They would kill them. But A.W. Milan knew that is where the Lord is calling, and so that is where he went. So with his ticket in hand and his coffin put on the boat, he sailed for this island. 
And when he arrived, life was not very easy for him at first, as you can imagine, right? But after time, he was there, and the Lord really blessed his ministry. And when he died, the people buried him in the middle of the village. And here's what they wrote on his tombstone. They said, when he came, there was no light, and when he left, there was no darkness. May it be said of us, right? See, I don't know when it happened, but at some point, we started to think that we could follow Jesus and be comfortable at the same time. You know, we started to think that these two things can go together, but they really can't. And I don't know when it happened, but it did. But at some point, we started to think that we could follow Jesus and not have to do anything dangerous, that we could just kind of do, not do the hard things, play it safe and be comfortable. But I'll tell you, that is not how it works. But I will say the church, the church is partly responsible for this. We're partly responsible for this because sometimes we get caught up in how comfortable people are when they come to church. I mean, we want to make sure the service doesn't go too long, and we want to make sure that the air conditioning is on, and that the parking lot is clean, and the coffee is hot, and the donuts are good, and, the, and everything's just right. So we want people to be comfortable, right? And so we are partly responsible for this because what it has done, the side effect is just, you know, it just tells people that I can be comfortable and follow Jesus at the same time. I can, because we do it at church, so I, can, I deserve to be comfortable. And Jesus says that is not how it's going to work. You don't deserve to be comfortable. You deserve to be pushed outside of your comfort zone. And you deserve to radically follow me in the lifestyle that I'm calling you to lead. And if you follow Jesus, he's going to lead you out of your comfort zone. And you can follow Jesus or you can stay in your comfort zone. But you, but you can't do both. You can't do both. Now, Brian and Tyson are going to come out and we're going to close in just a minute. But let me tell you something I'm really excited about. I am really excited about this new church initiative we have called Impact Old South Side Concord because this is a step outside of our comfort zone as a church. Because, you know, here's this area just south of Lucas Oil Stadium on 135. Are you with me? Just south of Shapiro's, if anybody's been there. Really good cake, by the way, you know. Just, just, just right there. And it's a step outside of our comfort zone to go and start a brand new evangelical work in this area where there is no evangelical work. Because for us at Mount Pleasant, it would be very easy for us just to build a bigger building, right? And just invite people to our campus where we have first-class programming and first-class staff. It would be very easy to do that. But we believe the Lord is calling us into an area where there is no current evangelical work. And it's a little bit scary and it's a little bit dangerous. And to be completely honest with you, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what this church project is. I don't even know how it's going to go. I don't know what it's going to cost. I don't know what's going to be required of me personally or of our staff or of the members of our church. I have no idea, but I know this. The Lord is calling us out of our comfort zone, and that is taking us to the old south side of, of, of Indianapolis. And we're going to get involved, and we're going to do a work, and it's going to be hard, and it's going to be scary. And people already, they have already started to persecute and insult this church because you're just coming down here, you rich white people from the South. You have no interest. You just want to see your brand. We are bride over brand here. You know, we're, we're not interested in that, so to speak. But we are going because we believe the Lord is calling, and we have a responsibility to follow him in that calling. And that's a step outside of our comfort zone. <laughs> and it's going to take me, and it's going to take our staff, and it's going to take every single person in our church. So I hope, I hope that you get involved in this project, because it's going to be amazing but we don't know what it's going to look like. But that's our step. That's our step out of our comfort zone. So my question to you is, what is your step? 
Where is the Lord pushing you? Where is the Lord bringing you? Where's he, where's he asking you to go? Because just on the other side of our comfort zone is where we find the blessing that the Lord has for us. But it's an all-in mindset. It's a little bit crazy. It's a little bit dangerous. But there's a blessing when we follow him outside of our comfort zone. Let's pray, and then Brian's going to lead us in an invitation time. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this day. And thank you for the opportunities that we have right now to make a decision to follow you outside of our comfort zone. Father, I pray that right now, if there are those in this room who don't know you as Savior, who have never given their life to you, that Lord, when we sing this song, that they would come forward and start their spiritual journey with you right now today. But Lord, if there are those in this room, myself included, Lord, who just need to be encouraged, we just want to know that a church is praying and a church will walk beside. And, and Lord, may we come forward and pray and just ask that you continue to push us outside of our comfort zone where fear and courage are required because that's how radically we're following you. Father, I pray whatever the decision is at this decision time, that people will come forward and seek you and find you in this place. Thank you for the opportunities we have right now to focus on you and to take the next step. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Won't you stand with me and our decision counselors come on down front. And if you have a decision to make,